Okay, Boker Tov, everybody. So we are continuing with chapter 4 of our Sefer that we've been studying, Teshuvah, Restoring Life, for Rabbi Leichter. And um, in chapter 4, we've been discussing the concept of, of uprooting our will and how there is a core will, what he calls here, Ratzon HaRishon, that underlies so much of our behavior. And certainly if we look at the totality of our life and the totality of our actions over the course of a lifetime, Certainly, the concept of ratzon, of inner will, is what underlies our behaviors and underlies the ways that we act. So he continues here and he says the following. He says that when we look at our lives, when we look at our perhaps a, a little child as they grow up, so our physical baser drives are those that we were first exposed to. It is with them, he says, that we primarily identify they establish the paradigm according to which we live our lives. So if you think about this, he's saying a fascinating thing. He's saying that when we think about the way that we live our lives, we realize that our identity is very much with our physical drives. We view them as deeply rooted, whether consciously or subconsciously, we, re- we view them as being deeply rooted in our souls, and as he says here, it acquires a dominant influence over our assumptions and attitudes, and becomes the point of reference for which we think and, and react. So the way I understand Rabbi Leichter, what he's saying, is that the physical drives, the inner ratzon, in the physical sense, in the material sense perhaps, and we're going to talk about a very interesting application of this uh, a little bit later on, becomes part of who we are. And once that becomes a part of who we are, and we identify, not just, part, sorry, not just a part of who we are, but perhaps the essence of how we view ourselves, so then this in turn obscures and distorts our vision. We look at things through the lens of that inner desire, which perhaps our base physical desire is what we first identify with, and so we, we afterwards perhaps most identify with. And he says here, in other words, we live with the illusion that the fulfillment of our underlying will, made up of our existing intentions and most palpable desires, gives significance to our lives. We identify the significance, to, to describe what he's saying, to explain what he's saying, we identify the significance of our lives through that fulfillment of that underlying will. We cannot even imagine life without these intentions and desires. The basis for the way which we relate to every issue, he says, is shaped by our Yetzer Hara. So this is a very deep problem he's describing. It's a very challenging situation where there's a very, very deep connection that we have to our physical, our base drives, which may be directing us in the wrong way. So he says, we're in, we're, now we're in a, a difficult situation because this underlying will, what he calls the base underlying will, is very far-reaching. Its influence is very far-reaching. It goes very far because we identify with it so much and we view so much of life and existence through the lens of this will. So the problem is, it's very hard to bring, build a life free of sin, free of chet, on the foundations of a life that's fueled by our Yetzer Hara. We can't transform ourselves unless we transcend the current framework of our lives in which the Yitzhar Hara is a dominant player. So if we want to truly transform ourselves, we want to truly change the way that we are, 
the way that we view the world, the way that we see the world, the way that we relate to the world, we have to first find a way to uproot this inner will, this inner desire, which is a base inner desire, one of, of physicality, which shapes the way that we see the world, it shapes the way that we perceive the world. So, Rav uh, Leichter here begins with an example. He says, look at the example of Tavat HaAchila, the lust for food. Now, we normally think about the Tavat HaAchila, the lust for food, it's a lack of self-control. We, we sometimes will even relinquish, relinquish our personal dignity. Now, it is true, but unfortunately, it fails to recognize the depth of the problem. He says that if we look in a more profound sense, we look deeper into what Tavat Ta'achila is, he says it's really two things. It's a problem of self-centeredness and self-involvement. Now, we usually don't think about it that way. We just think, I'm hungry. I like food. I like to eat a lot of food. So he says that, but it's not true. In its root, if we want to, this is an example of how we dig deep to try to find what's underlying certain desires that we have, we'll find self-centeredness and self-involvement of being blinded to anything outside of ourselves and estranged from others. And he says this expresses itself both meaning between man and God and between man and his friend interpersonally. Both in our relationships with Hashem and interpersonally we'll see how involves self-centeredness and self-involvement. So let's discuss the beginnings of it, and we'll hopefully pick up in the next year a little bit more about the Tavat Achila. So he says, Tavat Achila is rooted in our attitude to the bounty we receive from Hashem. Okay, so we look at what Hashem gives us. So we see a, a table full of food, right? So what should our proper response be? So he says our proper response be, should be deep gratitude to Hashem for having invited us to His table and for serving us from His goodness. That should be reaction number one. That should be our primary reaction. And then once we have this gratitude, so that should strengthen our amuna. It should strengthen our faith in Hashem, our belief in Hashem, our realization and awareness that Hashem is the provider of our needs. But when we are overtaken by Tavat when lust of food sort of now becomes our frame of reference, the way we look at things, our perspective is obscured and we are presented from responding in this way. Instead, we relate to the food no more than a means to fulfill our desires, to satisfy our taste buds and fill our stomachs. So here Rabbi Lechter says that we don't relate to food as being a gift from Hashem, being a kindness of Hashem to give us from His goodness so that we can enjoy. We don't use it to strengthen our emunah, but rather, when we have tavat ha'achila, the strong desire for eating, but as an aside, it doesn't mean eating what I need to live. It means eating just for the purposes of the pleasure of eating, for eating more than I need, eating perhaps even in ways that may be unhealthy for me to eat. So, or at least eating things that are, uh, that are excessively indulgent in pleasure. So all those things, when we eat the Tavat HaAchila, it changes our perspective, it obscures our perspective. And we can't pr- respond in the way we're supposed to respond. But we relate to food as a way to fulfill our desires, to fill our stomachs, or to satisfy our taste buds. That's our perspective on food. So the Tavat HaAchila actually 
gets in the way of our true appreciation of what food is and being able to properly see Hashem and relate to Hashem and improve and enhance our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu when we receive food. Okay, Rabotai, have a wonderful day. Hopefully in the next year we'll try to finish up this chapter and discuss how Tavat HaAchila represents a failure to uh, relate to other people correctly as well. Have a wonderful day. Kol Tuf.